This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. It says, uh, to love means loving the unlovable. To forgive means pardoning the unpardonable. Faith means believing the unbelievable. Hope means hoping when everything else seems hopeless. Was that me? Good. Thank you, sir. You're, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, thank you, young lady. You are a lady and a scholar. <laughs> but the quote is to me saying this. A lot of times we want to think we have faith, but faith is revealed in crisis. Like that's, if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, all the, the spirits are revealed during conflict. When do you know you have love? Well, when you shouldn't be loving. When do you know you have faith? Well, when your faith is being challenged. When are you gentle? When you shouldn't be gentle. You see, all these fruit of the Spirit are manifested when times are difficult. But this is the part most people don't get. It's actually during this inward turmoil that you lay the platform for receiving rewards. We go through these challenges. We deal with difficult people, go through hard times. And a lot of times we hear from most pulpits, you know what? You stay away from the negative people. You get away from the haters. You, you do all this stuff so you live a peaceful life, but that's not necessarily conveyed in the scripture. As a matter of fact, you go around those people who hate you, who curse you, who persecute you, so that you can get rewards from God. You get rewards when the times are tough when you can't handle it, when you have to depend on God. Sometimes I'm unloving as a husband. I am. Can I get an amen? That was too quick. Don't do, do, don't do it like that. You should have thought a little bit about it. Come on. But nevertheless, I am. And my wife needs the grace of God to love me the way I need to be loved. And the same goes for her and myself. That it's during these times when you don't want to love, when you don't want to be friendly, when you don't want to be kind, when that person is actually bothering you, antagonistic towards you, that you have an opportunity to receive from God what you wouldn't normally receive from God unless you were in that particular situation. Gifts come, rewards come during these hard times. Let's jump in the text. If you can't open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5, And we're going to look at verses 38 through 48. And we know this is a part of the Beatitudes, one of the more interesting scriptures of all the Bible, one of four Jesus Christ's major discourses of the Sermon on the Mount. We know during the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to his disciples. It comes from the book of Matthew, and we know uh, the book of Matthew is written toward the Jewish population. So there's a lot of prophetic text in there and um, confirming text in there. And he's addressing individuals, Matthew is, who understand the law. So when you understand what the context is, it helps you kind of get the right perspective on what you're reading. If you go from chapters, uh, no, from verses 1 through 17 of the Sermon on the Mount, he's actually talking about our inner character. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the... He's talking about what the, what the disposition, the character of the Christian should be. But once you get to 17 on, he's contrasting the law, how the law was interpreted to how God actually meant it. 
Now, the problem is, whenever God's law first came out, we understand it was called the Torah. But scholars, over time, had to interpret little details that most people didn't understand. So something called the Mishnah came out. It was commentary, breaking down the Torah. And then the Jews went into captivity, and then they had another commentary on the commentary called the Talmud. Now, by the time we get to Jesus' day, there are thousands and thousands, if you're a lawyer, you understand this, laws and commentary on laws that they had to understand in order, in their mind, to be right with God. They thought if you didn't understand the law, you were cursed. So Jesus comes in his wisdom and breaks down all that. He's very simple. But the problem with Jesus' simplicity is we don't like what he says. When Jesus is simple, he's clear, but we're like, he cannot possibly mean what he is saying. Oh, yeah, he does mean what he's saying. The problem is we have to wrestle with what he's saying. And the conclusion is if you find yourself not capable of doing what he says, you cry out to God to be able to do it. That's what this relationship with God is supposed to be. We're going to see a couple of scriptures today, you all know them, that are difficult to do. One of them is turning the other cheek. Everybody knows that scripture. It's like a myth. It's in there. And I've heard people interpret it several ways, but it really means turn the other cheek. And if you keep it as it is intended, God will speak. Let's jump into text. Verse 38 reads, You have heard that it was said, talking to his disciples, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Now, you have to understand, remember we talked about the Mishnah and the Talmud that came out. Now, what is happening here is people are interpreting an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth as revenge. Jesus has gave us the platform to get revenge when people do what's wrong. Actually, it's not revenge. It's actually setting limits. He's trying to say, God, when you are hurt by somebody, you can only go this far. He's not saying, man, you know what? When someone pokes a hole in your tire, you can blow up their car. You know how it is when somebody hurts you. You want to hurt them back just like you were hurt. You don't feel the pain unless I think you feel it like I just felt it. He's like, no, 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 hold up, hold up. There's a limit to how far you can retaliate. That was the intent of an eye for an eye. But look at what Jesus says here. Because while I think about this. What if somebody pokes out your eye? How do you poke out their eye? Like, what if you go too far? Oh, you poked out two eyes. Now what? They got to poke your eye out? I mean, it doesn't end. That's not, it's trying to say, look, there's a limit to your response. But here in 39, it says, but in contrast to that, I tell you, not to resist an evil person. This is revolutionary to his disciples. This is something they never even considered. What are you saying? Don't resist an evil person? And then he goes on to explain what that looks like. Now, a lot of people take this to mean this is the inception of pacifism. And I'm not saying it's not, but it means a whole lot more here. He's not just saying to be passive. He's not saying that. He's saying to be active, but to be active in love. Here he's setting the foundation for love. You're going to see here subtly him leading his disciples to the greatest commandment, the greatest to love. 
to love people as I have loved you. He's leading his disciples there. But right now, he said, don't resist an evil person. The first thing you say is, what? I'm not going to be my doormat. And he did not say, no, when you're acting out of love, you're not being a doormat. You're being proactive. You're helping expand God's kingdom. You're allowing people the possibility of seeing God through your life. But that only happens when you act out of love. This is the problem most people have with love. Love doesn't come from us. Do you know that? Who is love? God is love. So when we're talking about loving somebody. We're really talking about allowing God to love somebody through us. When you say, man, I don't have feelings for somebody or I'm numb towards somebody, what that means is you, you shut your heart off. You're no longer vulnerable. And when you shut your heart off because you don't want to be hurt, you don't allow God in and you can't love anybody else going out. And you just don't shut your heart off to that one person. You shut your heart off to everybody. So God asks you to continue to love. And you're like, well, pastor, and this is where I've been too, if I love them, they'll hurt me again. I'm with you. But is your God strong enough to heal you if your heart is hurt again? I'm just here preaching the word. It's not my fault. There we go. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But, contrast, whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other. Nobody ever claps for that scripture. <laughs> Nobody shouts. We don't have synchronized dancing that pop up spontaneously because of that scripture. Everybody's like, ooh, just keep going. Right? That's how I am too. I don't like what that says. But you have to understand he has laid the foundation for love. When someone slaps you, your response has to be as a believer to introspectively look at your response in the heart level first. Because when someone smacks me, I don't, can I be transparent for one second and get back to being saved? Transparently, when someone smacks me, I want to hurt them bad. I'm still a pastor. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, okay, let's say when I was unsaved. I'll, there we go. Is that better? Okay. So when I was unsaved, when someone smacked me, I mean, open a hand and smack me, oh, no, no one's going to do that. I am going to punish you for your behavior. And, and, and I didn't even have to process that, right? Because that naturally came out. I didn't have to read a book about that. I didn't have to go to class. I'd have to get a PhD, a MD, MBA, a MDD, a AS. I'd have to go to school for that. I didn't need to go to MIT, USC, UM, MU, St. Thomas. It didn't matter. That stuff naturally came out of me. Someone hit me, I'm going to naturally respond. Yet, when you turn the other cheek, something happens. They see something that is unnatural. They begin the process. What's happening? Why didn't this person respond the way I thought they were going to respond? But you're responsible 
to look at your heart when you're done wrong. Engage how will you respond. Are you even willing to consider turning the other cheek? 40. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. What? Someone's suing me taking my North Face coat and I got to give him my sweater under that as well? It's cold, Lord. I'm in Minnesota. The natural response is what? No way. Someone sue me. I'm going to fight. I'm going to go to the judge. I'm going to hire the best lawyers. I'm going to win my case. I'm going to take it to the Supreme Court because I am being done wrong. And Jesus is like, oh, no. This is what you do. You give them more. And your brain should be going, what? That's how their brain was going. But your response when you're getting sued should be first, wait a minute. How does God want me to respond to this? You're laying the foundation for love. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Now we know during this time, the ancient culture, the Roman soldier would make those people who they were oppressing go with them one mile and carry their stuff so they didn't have to carry it. So it was almost like indignant for this to happen. What Jesus is saying is this. No, no, no. Don't just go one mile with them. Go two. You heard the phrase, go the extra mile, right? And they're like, what? You have got to be kidding me, Lord. My integrity is at stake. And that's really what is at stake. Because the question is, are you integrous because your character aligned up with your beliefs and you're living out those beliefs that align up with God? I mean, do you have real integrity? Or is it all about your pride? Because pride and love do not mix. When you're proud, it's all about you. And when it's all about you, fear comes in very quickly. And you can't trust God because you're so fearful. But if you trust God, and when he tells you to go the extra mile, you're not worried about your pride, your integrity, your dignity. You're worried about how do I love this person into God's kingdom. 43, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And Jesus is like, look, you have heard that. This is another scripture, that, this is another commentary that he's trying to refute hate your enemy? Jesus quickly corrects that, but I say to you, love your enemy. That's another scripture that people don't go, hey, that's awesome. Now, this is saying love your enemy. This isn't saying love your children or your spouse. This is automatic. He's telling you love somebody who intentionally is trying to hurt you. This person is intentionally trying to take a piece out of you. And Jesus is telling you proactively to love that person. That's like if a Green Bay Packer walked through these doors and we would measure them up and we would look him up and down and we would want to take him out 
And Jared may stand in front of the person and say, no, no, no. We have to love our enemies. See, in that example, it perfectly conveys what should be happening internally. Jared represents that inner conversation that would happen. And even though we want to hurt that man bad for the audacity to coming up in this church, we would still have to love him. Because to do so means we're being like God. And when people see God, they have an opportunity to go to heaven. Question is, will we even adhere to what God is saying? He goes on, bless those that curse you. Has anyone said anything bad about you lately? Anybody, don't raise your hand. A rhetorical question. Now, you know what this is saying? If someone is saying something bad about you, you know what you do? You say good things about them. What? You've got to be kidding me. No way. They were ruining my name and my character. They were slandering me. I got to defend myself. Let God worry about your reputation. You just trust him. Pray for those who use you and pursue you. This is not even just a little bit of using. They're just not using you to get a ride to the corner store. They're intentionally using you, and it leads to your harm. And Jesus is saying what? Pray for those people. Pray what? That things go well for them. You're like, that cannot be God. No. I don't want to do that. Yes, that's right. That's the point that should be happening after you hear every single one of these precepts. You should be like, I don't want to do that. I know. Nobody does except God. Oh, I didn't finish. He says, why do we do that? So that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Doing all this hard stuff we talked about is the evidence of us becoming sons and daughters of God. Well, how so? You see a four there, meaning an explanation comes right after that. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. What is he saying? God is good to everyone, even those people who don't deserve it. God wants us to act like him. Here's the point. This is the point that most people skip after they read this. Look at what this says here. It says, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Stop. He says, if you do good to those who are doing good to you, there is no reward. You just don't get a reward by doing good things to good people. Oh, Sean and Tammy are so nice. I love hanging with Sean and Tammy. I love them. Love them. I love hanging with Katrina and Anthony. I just love them. I love them. Right? But I don't get rewards for that, everybody. You know how I get rewards hanging with? I'm going to pick on somebody. Please don't think this is the wrong way. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Never. <laughs> just if somebody who I don't like was up in this church, and I just don't want to be around them at all. Maybe they like the Packers. Who knows? I'm looking, see, I'm still, I didn't stop. I just kept looking over here. <laughs> I have to love them. And then I get rewards. Stop. Let's fight this through, everybody. Come on, let's intellectually get on the same page. 
When you love those people who are mean to you, think about a couple of people who are mean to you, who are evil to you, who don't like you. Oh, you know people who don't like you? It's hard for me to like someone they don't like me. That's when I get rewards. I don't get rewards for liking you because you like me. But when you hate me, there's an opportunity for me to gain some ducats in heaven, which I don't lose. This is how this thing works. We've been running away from the people who give us access to our rewards. Think about in your past all those mean people who said those mean things to you, who treated you so bad. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! There's your reward. They go back there. You're like, but pastor, that's hard. I know. That's what he's been saying the whole time. That's why it's a reward. Because it's hard. You can't do it yourself. You need God. Um, I was at Walmart. I'm repenting. I'm just going to let you know. I was buying, I was looking for some Batman underclothes. I'm just being honest. We need to write Walmart because they stopped making them. Just letting you know what's going on. Nevertheless, I was in this section. I'm embarrassed because I'm in this section. First of all, right? I'm in this section. And I'm like, oh, just hurry up. I'm picking up socks. And I got, so I'm looking for underwear. And all of a sudden, I found some clearance. And I'm like, oh, and they're all small. And I'm like, no. So I'm like in there, I'm like, I'm so greedy at this point. I'm just like, I've got to find maybe under the Superman, there may be one. And then I hear a voice. I know you hear me. <laughs> I, okay, well, go ahead then. And the lady who works for Walmart has been talking to me the last two minutes, asking me if I needed a cart. The conversation, which I was not a part of, has progressed to the point where now she is talking trash to me. And I'm embarrassed because I'm trying to find my Batman draws. I'm like, no. So I'm upset. I'm embarrassed. I turn around to her. Wah! And we're in the wall. We're arguing. I'm just being honest. I'm like, what is happening? So I'm, huh. She's talking under her breath. I'm walking away, talking under her breath. I'm like, what am I doing? Help me, Lord. So he says, go back and what? so soon Lord (laughs) you right now not not, not at this moment right Uh, yes so I had to go back and I go back with the two boys and they were going crazy I said ma'am I am so sorry I disrespected you I apologize and she said I'm sorry too you're a nice guy and it went on about her business Now, I blew my opportunity for rewards. I blew it. I don't get that back. And then I had to fix my issue because I was misrepresenting the Lord. But I blew my opportunities for rewards because when she was talking cash trash to me, I should have said, ma'am, I am so sorry. Let me listen to what you are saying. Let me get on a knee. What are you saying? No, I'm not joking on her. But I should have at least listened to her. I should have responded well. But I missed my opportunity to receive a reward. How many times are we missing opportunities to receive our heavenly rewards? 
Sometimes we get frustrated that people are treating us so mean. Cha-ching. God is trying to give you an opportunity to get a reward you will not lose. All right. And if you greet your brother and only, oh, let me go back. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And the tax collectors are the worst of the worst. He's like, look, if you're, if you're, if you're loving those who are good to you, then there's no, he said, even the bad people are doing that. There's no distinction between you and them. He goes on. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? He's like, there's no distinction between you and the world. You are to be separate. This is when rewards come, when you act differently. He goes on to say, don't even the tax collectors do that as well. Therefore, to conclude, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Got a couple points and we're done for the day. Point one, Jesus is emphasizing that to respond with love to the people who love you is no grounds for rewards. Some people think, you know what? I believe in God. I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible. So I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to heaven. I'm getting all these good rewards. There's no grounds for rewards there. The rewards come after the difficulties. Rewards are earned. Have you ever worked out? Lift weights. Anybody tried to lift weights, right? Anybody? Nobody. Don't raise your hand. You know when you lift weights, your muscles don't grow until you break them, until you hurt them, right? When you break or hurt your muscle, it releases some type of, what is it? Enzyme. I'm, I know it's not enzyme. I'm just saying it for, because I don't know the word, so I just threw a word out there. Do not, on TV, come and email me about, you got the wrong word. I don't want to hear that. Protein, right? It's a protein. Ah, a protein is released. You see how I work that? <laughs> a protein is released. It comes and fills up that area that's broken. So you break your muscle down, and then it needs to be fixed, and it builds it up. Through the pain, there is gain. No. Oh. Oh. Come on, church. That was great. That was the Lord. <laughs> Through the pain, there is gain. Did somebody already quote that? No pain, no gain. Oh, I wasn't the first one. It didn't matter. You get the point. We only get gains in heaven when we go through the pains well here on earth. That's why God asks us to be faithful. Next point. Responding in love to those who do evil to you is the grounds for heavenly rewards. So next time someone does you wrong, take a step back and do an introspective look. And as you look inside, question yourself. What do I really want to happen here? Do I want to be right? Do I want to win? Do I want to come out looking good? Or do I want to get eternal rewards? Love those who are evil to you. It's simple, but it's hard. It's so hard, you cannot do it by yourself. You know who can do that? God. And all you need to do is allow yourself to be vulnerable to his love, and you can love anybody. I showed the earlier video of Corey Ted Boone, and she eventually come to the point where she was able to preach the gospel to the very man who assaulted her sister in the concentration camp who tortured her family. Like, God did that love in her. 
The next video was Jesus Christ telling us, love our enemies. He did that when he went to the cross. This is possible. You just got to be willing. Next point. You can get rewards in heaven. Understand that you can get rewards in heaven. And you don't have to ever lose them. I don't have my PlayStation anymore. I don't have my ostrich shoes and belt that matched. Don't have my vest, sweaters. Don't have my Q45 Infinity anymore. <laughs> I don't have any of those things anymore. I had a house once. I don't have that anymore either. The Bible says something about don't store your treasures on earth where basically they all eventually go away. But Jesus tells us, store them in heaven. And he says, then you will not lose them ever. It's a business decision. You play football. This is a football analogy again because I play football, so I got it. I'm sorry. Football, there's a time when you have to make a big hit. Where you got to just, you know you got to knock some, almost, you're going to hit somebody as hard as you can. And you know the ramification of the hit will be catastrophic to your body. But you know, if you make that hit, glory, money. Da-da-da, da-da-da, sports center. Anthony Bass, wow, good hit, ah. So you make a business decision, and you say, you know what? I'm going to take this pain so I could get glory later. <laughs> you hit somebody, make the play. You get up, ah, you, don't, you're unco- you don't even know what's going on. You don't even know what day it is. Ah fall down, you pass out, you need medical attention, but you made the play. This is similar to what's happening here. You got to make a business decision. God is trying to give you rewards you can't lose, but you got to make a decision to do so. And it comes with some uncomfortableness or pain, suffering, difficulties. You got to make a choice. Is it worth it? Remember, rewards are earned like a good reputation. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.